the real power behind any retail deal is while you're building or buying a physical structure, the important thing with that property is the tenants and the leases. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend them. I've worked with them before. I'm currently working with them right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take them up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, hello, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we get straight into the best advice that moves your business forward in real estate as an entrepreneur. We don't get into that fluffy stuff. We stay out of it, and we focus on things that matter. With us today, we've got Spencer Collier. How you doing, Spencer? Good. How are you? Doing well, and thanks for joining the best ever listeners and myself on the show. You are the director of commercial acquisitions at Apartment Investors. You can say hi to Spencer at apartmentinvestors.com. You can just click that link in the show notes page. Spencer has been involved in over $20 million worth of deals, including a retail center as well as a focus on multifamily deals. He's based in Kansas City, Kansas. And with that being said, Spencer, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Um, again, thank you for having me. My name is Spencer Culler, and I have a varied real estate background starting all the way back as a kid working for my father in a ready-mix concrete business and rock quarries. And, and so we always looked at land a little differently. And then I went to college and then after college worked with a couple companies like McDonald's Sports Marketing, uh, then a software company here in Kansas City. And on the side started a business in real estate doing flips of houses and then uh, spec home building. So we did that for a little bit until we saw the economy changing and actually got into commercial real estate, started on the the uh, commercial retail side, and then uh, moved into apartments, which is what we do now. And why did you go from spec homes to apartments? With the spec home building, it was really fun uh, for me because I going back to my Lego days, I, I really liked to build things and create. And that was always something that I really enjoyed. The problem with spec home building is that you you build it, you wait until somebody buys it, and then you find out if you're going to make any money. And, and based on how long it stays on the market, 
you either make money or don't. And at that point, things were going well until the, the market started to slow down. And then we started noticing our houses staying on the market longer and longer and making less and less per house. And I thought, there's got to be something else out there that isn't so speculative. And looking back now, I can look and say that we were more speculators than we were investors at the time. So we, we went out and started looking at all the different options and it ended up coming over to the commercial real estate side, mainly because you could make money when you bought it. Um, you could make money through the cash flow the entire time you owned it. And then you still had that upside that you had with the houses on the capital appreciation side. So once I really understood that, there was no going back to the residential side. And the great thing about the commercial side is that once you get a, a property that's cash flowing, you can own it indefinitely uh, until the end of time and, and continue to make an income with that property. So that's kind of how we went from one to the other. It wasn't a real straight line, but it got us where we needed to go. And you mentioned we. Who's we? My father and I ended up forming a partnership in business together where we do this. So we were the first two principals and then grew up from there. Oh, interesting. And what, what's your father's background? He was an independent business owner going back all the way to my grandpa, who my grandpa and my, my father owned Ready Mix Rock Cement Plant and uh, Rock Quarries in southeast Kansas and southwest Missouri. So I guess you could say that entrepreneurship was kind of in my veins. In the uh, spec building process, what did you learn that you're applying towards the apartment buying process? One of the things that it really taught you is about um, all the things that go into a solid property from a physical standpoint how to fix things, how to repair things, how to put them together, what more the development process is like. Uh, and it's fit in really well with especially the multifamily business. And we take on a lot of value add type properties. And when I'm talking about value add, I'm, I'm meaning opportunities that we can come in and improve the property and then increase rents, lower expenses, and increase the value of the property. And where that spec home building and construction background really helps is that I can go in on an acquisition, I can look at a property and really closely estimate what it's going to take to take it to the next level. So let's get into some of the specifics on the acquisitions. How long ago did you make the transition from spec homes to apartments? I would say about six years ago. Six years ago. And what was your first purchase? Our first purchase in the commercial side was a retail and office center. Oh, you didn't even go apartments. You went retail office. Yes. Okay. Well, at the time, we were kind of looking at all commercial properties and having a hard time finding our multifamily deal that we liked and uh, probably took some bad advice, didn't know as much as we should have and got into the... Uh, <laughs> The retail office world. Is it in Kansas City? It is. Are all your properties in Kansas City? Um, they are right now. Are uh, in the outskirts of Kansas City within okay. a, a two-hour drive. Tell us the story behind the retail and office deal. It's one that we found we really liked. It was a newer property. It was really solid constructed. It looked physically very nice. It was in a growing area. 
about 24,000 square feet or so. What we probably didn't know as much is that the real power behind any retail deal or multifamily deal is while you're building or buying a physical structure, the important thing with that property is the tenants and the leases and the stability of those. You can always fix physical things. But it's more difficult to change tenants. And, and we also had probably really bad timing when right after we purchased it, then the markets went down. And, and instead of having abundance of, of businesses uh, expanding, they started contracting. But you still have that. We do. We still own the So you didn't give it back to the bank. We didn't. We, we learned a lot of lessons on it. We um, struggled the first couple years. And but now we're, you know, 100% occupied on that property. It does uh, generate cash flow. And I always say that that was probably the property that made us learn the most, that really probably contributed to our success in the multifamily business more than any other. Because when something doesn't go smoothly or to plan, it's when you really have to learn the business. You can't just get by on a hot, hot market or something else or luck. You really have to learn it. How many uh, retail sense like offices or like what what you said? How's the the twenty four thousand square feet divided up? Is my question. Um, it is four buildings that it's all part of one center, but four buildings. It's got two standalone and then two uh, bigger buildings. And I think we've got ten tenants there. And so, what type of tenants are they? They're regional tenants. Um, I wouldn't say they're the national uh, tenants. If you want to be into uh, retail and office, uh, the main key is location, 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 tenants. <laughs> you know, I would look at a retail deal again, but only if it was very, very specific. We were kind of in a secondary market and we are right next to a two major highways, but little things that you don't think of as somebody just getting into the business, the, you know, like a, uh, stop light and the people having to turn left instead of right there to go into your center can affect mm. it greatly where um, everybody needs a place to live with multifamily. Yeah, that is something that the novice investor wouldn't think of. I I wouldn't, who who hasn't invested in office retail, it's that's something I, I wouldn't come to mind initially for me, I know. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, there's just so many little details with any business. There is with multifamily too, but it's much easier to step up from, you know, owning rental houses or a single family home to small multifamily than it is to go commercial. There's just mm -hmm. so different in the way now, they're done. Now, what was your first apartment building purchase? The first apartment building purchase was a 40-unit apartment complex here in town. It had been owned by the same owner since it was built uh, back in the early 80s. And uh, we found them through a letter campaign of all places. And I went in and negotiated with the owner um, at his kitchen table with his wife that, that brought us some, some coffee. And we hashed <laughs> out a deal and... What's funny about it, it's been an amazing property. We still own it. Um, we actually did a refi a couple years later because we added so much value to it and took those proceeds and bought yet another property. But what's been really, really interesting about that deal is that we almost 
wholesaled it to somebody else mm. for about a hundred thousand dollars and and since then that property's been worth probably two million dollars to us <laughs> so sometimes you you just don't know what you don't know what was the stop sign that made you keep it instead of wholesale it well the more I kept looking at it um, the more I thought you know I can do a lot with this property it's in a great area there's so much that I could do why are we giving up a deal that's gonna really cash flow for you know just a, a finder's fee what we thought and you know, you hear it from a lot, some gurus out there, or so-called gurus, and, and people think that you need to start with a 100-unit-plus apartment complex or whatever. I, to me, it doesn't matter the size. It's it's what the property makes. And we kind of got caught up in that numbers game, looking at the number of units, thinking that we needed to do something bigger when we could have given that deal away real easily. But... Thankfully, we came to our senses and closed it ourselves. I love that that message of it doesn't matter what the size of the project is. It's just about how much the, the project actually makes you because right. that's ultimately what we're after, right? Right. And I can tell you, you know, that property makes as much as some other 100 plus unit apartment complexes. It's, it's all in the deal. What'd you buy it for? Um, we bought that for right under $1.2 million, I believe. About. And how, how how is that financed? We financed it through a local bank here in town, and then we actually negotiated with the seller to do some repairs on the property with that purchase price and then fund a rehab budget for us. Do you remember what the rehab budget was? I think it was about um, 100000 or so, but he also put on brand new roofs for us. Because uh, the roofs were original. How much equity did you have to put into it? Um, I believe with that deal we put in about two hundred and fifty thousand. And was that family money? It was. It was uh, some money that we got from selling some land. So we actually did a ten thirty one into from some land ten thirty one exchange from some land into an apartment complex that apartment complex turned into a refi which led to another so <laughs> that piece of land turned into two different apartment complexes that generate over $150,000 a year in cash flow. Well, I clearly need to ask about the land now, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we we got mm-hmm. we got to find the source of the origination. Sure. Tell, tell us the story behind the land. Yeah, the source was actually a 20 20- year old in investment that I think started for $20,000 into some land. Uh, when my father and, and grandfather had the Ready Mix Quarry businesses, sometimes at the end of the year, if they had extra money, they would put it into inventory or land. 25 years ago, they put it into some land that they thought may turn into a rock quarry someday. And over time, it just it was costing money to operate it, but we actually sold it to some local uh, hunters that wanted to use the, the land for hunting. And sold it for 250 250 which we put into the apartment complex, which, yeah, went from there. How many acres was that? Do you remember? I don't. I think it was about 100 acres. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be 100 yeah. if they're shooting, shooting bullets. Yeah, I believe it was about 100 acres. Really good deer hunting land is what it turned into. 
Is it still that right now? It is. After your $1.2 million purchase, that 40 unit, what'd you buy after that? Next, we went into a a 72-unit apartment complex that ended up being a similar type of deal where this was an in-town owner that had owned it for about uh, 10 years. We negotiated with directly. Um, He had gotten divorced, and his wife was running the property. When they got divorced, she took off. He couldn't find good help and then met somebody else, moved to Arkansas and was trying to manage this property from Arkansas coming up one day a week, which if you've ever owned a 72 unit apartment (laughs) complex, that does not work at all. And it really let the property go for about two to three years where it was really run down, but it had really good bones and a good location that was very visible from some very busy roads and and highways. How'd you find that deal? Um, I found that one through a letter campaign as well. Well, we got to talk about this letter campaign then. Tell us how do you approach the direct mail letter campaign? Well, it's not something that we use a lot, but it has been effective for us. The hardest part is, of course, getting a really good list of property owners, but we were targeting very specific sizes of properties in specific areas. We crafted a letter, we sent them out um, to these owners, and then got a certain amount of calls, followed up with those, and found uh, several good, really good deals through that. Is there a certain way that you're approaching the letter when you write it? Yeah. I think the the key to really good letters and marketing is to be sincere and to be personalized. It needs to be very personalized, to, you know. So the you got to separate yourself from every other person out there that's sending a postcard, you know, across the entire nation to every property owner out there. I think that authenticity and um, personalization comes through. And how do you? deliver on being sincere and authentic and making it personal are you talking specifically with the letters or once yeah 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 with the letters yeah we just we try to you know put something in there to let them know that we actually are familiar with their property we're not just sending this out of the blue and we try to give them a lot of information on us do you have an example of a letter that you can share with us sure i could probably do that Awesome. Yeah. And best ever listeners, that's a, it'd be a great learning experience. You can just click on the link. We'll have it in the show notes page. You can just click that link and Spencer's example will be there and you can check that out. Spencer, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? For me, um, I think the, the important thing for people is to start small with a size that they're comfortable with and they can make some mistakes on. Um, I also think they they should start in their own local market. So when things don't go smoothly, which they hardly ever do, they they are there and can take control of the situation. And and really, I think an important thing for somebody getting started is to have as much control uh, with their investment as possible. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you looking for a turnkey property? If so, then I recommend you check out turnkeyreviews.com. It's Bree Smith's company. You'll recognize her name. 
as a loyal best ever listener because she's a guest on episode 48 and they review all of the turnkey companies so you can search you can compare and also give reviews of turnkey companies across the united states go check it out turnkey-reviews.com best ever book you've read the one thing uh jay papazon gary keller Heard heard really good things about. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard really good things about it. Especially business book, I, I really liked. Best ever personal growth experience, and what you learn from it? Personal growth experience. These are tough questions. I'll give it. To you. <laughs> um, I think one of the best was taking on a big project back in the corporate world um, that was probably bigger than I was ready for, but. Just taking it on, having the vision for the end uh, result, and then working through that, I think taught me a lot about um, what it takes to, to do something big and to uh, really go from start to finish on a project. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, probably that first one is still one of the best deals we've ever done. That first 40-unit apartment complex, it's always going to be have a special place in my heart because... I took it from start to finish and um, have really been able to do a lot with that. Best ever way you like to give back? One of my favorite ways is through education. Um, I, I've always liked to uh, give a lot of information back to people and try to be open. Um, but I, I think that that is a really Im- impactful way to to help people and, and to grow and just be being completely open about our successes and failures. Speaking of those failures, what's what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Um, I know, I'm not sure that I would call it a mistake looking back, but that first retail deal um, definitely was one of the hardest projects I've ever done in real estate that probably stretched me the furthest outside of my comfort zone. Uh, that looked like it was going to be a failure early on that we really turned around through a lot of persistence and perseverance. What's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? The best place is on our website at apartmentbesters.com. There's a contact us form there and there's also our uh, personal contact information as well. And there's tons of great content on your website too. Best ever listeners highly recommend checking out their website and you know just kind of scrolling around and learning some stuff from self-directed IRA information to reports and and all sorts all sorts of good stuff. Boy, this has been an enlightening conversation. Thank you so much, Spencer, for being on the show and sharing your advice with best ever listeners and talking about your experience going from spec home building to apartment investing and your learnings from the retail and office building. I love your two lessons learned, which are location, 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 and tenants. Those are the two main things that you've got to uh, keep in mind. There are many small things, but those are the two main things uh, with retail and office. And as regards to the apartments, thank you so much for sharing the letter that you used to successfully get the 40 and the 72 units, your first two deals right out of the gate. That's going to be incredibly valuable for the best ever listeners to see just so they can learn from uh, your experience. And and as you said, you love sharing that stuff and we really appreciate it. When you're talking about that letter, 
you were saying be sincere and be personalized and separate yourself from everybody else. So thank you so much. You certainly have done that on this interview and appreciate you being on the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Have the best every day. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.